All right, grab your Bibles, Matthew chapter number 7. Matthew chapter 7. And I am, I am noting the time, I promise. So I will attempt, I will attempt to be quick. Uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, he says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Uh, not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I, knew you, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Uh, the Lord is giving, in this particular instance, he's giving uh, something to be aware of. Uh, be leery of it, pay attention for it, watch out for it, uh, beware of some things. And tonight, uh, I don't know how many of these I'll get in. I have four, but uh, I, may, I may cut off a little early uh, or cut something out. But uh, we're going to look at some things to beware of, uh, to watch out for and to be careful with. Uh, too many times people mess around with things they should just be careful with. Uh, they keep messing around with it and they keep thinking that it'll be all right just for a moment and I can... I can handle it and all these other things that people try to slide into. Uh, and the Lord just goes, hey, how about you beware of that and avoid it? <laughs> uh, avoid it as opposed to trying to play around and act like you're tough enough to go ahead and get through it. Uh, it's a whole lot better for you as well as for your family, as well as for the church, as well as for all the people around you that you're going to influence if you just leave some things alone. And beware of it and be able to recognize that it's there. Uh, he wants you to recognize it, to be aware of it, as well as to beware of it, uh, to be weary and, and to be aware and to go, hey, I don't want to be around that. I know that that's not good and avoid it. Uh, and he talks about uh, plenty of those things. I got a few of them and we'll see how many we get to tonight. And if I don't finish it, I don't finish it. So we'll just, we'll go with it. All right. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll, we'll get started. Father, we thank you for the night and I thank you. Lord, for your goodness and your mercy upon us, especially upon our pastor, we thank you that he got home safely and they're saying everything looks good. So, Father, I pray that's true. Lord, that there are no other issues. Father, that this did exactly what you needed it to do. And, Father, we pray you'd take away the pain that he may be in tonight. Father, give him some sleep and some rest and some comfort and relaxation. Father, I pray that you'd heal him quickly and easily, Lord, that he'd be able to be here with us on Sunday. Uh, Father, we pray you give him the strength and the wisdom that he needs, Father, to recover well. Father, that would last him, Father, as long as you need it to. And Lord, once again, we pray you'd bless the services tonight. Be with those who can't be here, Father. We still have folks that are sick from teen camp and sick coming back and just other sicknesses that have gone around. We pray that your healing hand would be upon our church family. You'd encourage us tonight. And Father, I pray you'd come back soon in Jesus, our Savior's name. Amen. Amen. First thing he has here are uh, false prophets. He says, beware of false prophets. I called them deceivers. 
So if you want the alliterated version, it's deceivers, all right? Uh, and so these false prophets show up, and, you know, they're everywhere. Uh, false prophets are everywhere. Notice they've got certain things about them. They come in wearing sheep clothing. They look like they're supposed to belong, but really they're wolves. Uh, and they're going to cause destruction, and they're going to cause problems. Uh, they look real good on the outside. Uh, look over at Colossians chapter 2 about these same folks. He says, uh, Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6, he says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith. As ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Now they've been taught some things. They've been taught how to be rooted and grounded and built up in Jesus Christ. Then he says, Beware, verse number 8, lest any man spoil you. They're going to ruin the good thing that you had. Through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ, for in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Uh, they want to pull you out of what you know to be true, and they want to do it with enticing words. They want to do it with the right, you know, they get all these little pretty words together, and they make everything sound really good uh, when it's not the truth. Uh, people do that all the time. They make things sound really good when it's not true at all. And they want to do that, and they want to deceive people, and they want to pull them into those false doctrines. And uh, you say, what brought you, what brought you to this message? I had somebody message me today, and they said, man, you've got to listen to this. And it was somebody that I know from, from years ago, and now they're, they, they used to believe, like you and I believe on a King James Bible, they used to believe... Now they're a Calvinist. Now they're using whatever Bible they feel like picking up. Now they're doing this. They're in a praise and worship. They're, they're leading the worship team. They're doing, that's what they're doing right now. And I got to hear their journey out of King James fundamentalism. 30 minutes of garbage. You say, what were they doing? They got deceived quickly. You realize uh, what you and I believe is only so much head. It's only so much knowledge. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. You will not get outside of faith. You say, what happens to people? Uh, you want to go ahead and compete with the most knowledgeable, quote-unquote, knowledgeable people on the planet? You know what you'll do? You'll then have to battle them in fleshly means of the mind. They're not dumb people. In the world of brains and the idea of how much thought process, they've got thought process. The problem is their thought process trumped what God said. You realize that's religion. Religion is, I've got to make God fit this paradigm because that is what I know would have to be true. And God breaks that paradigm every single time. He does not let you put him into the box of Calvinism. He doesn't let you put him into these simple boxes and go ahead and try and logically figure out why God does what he does. And it must be God doing all these things because if God is sovereign, then he must control everything. No, that's your logic. And they, they work themselves out of the truth of what the Bible says to make it so that ultimately they become the one who decides what is right. It's an authority issue because it started with the heart. 
What we believe is based upon what is your heart. Are you going to have a heart that will seek after God? Teenagers, in case you were at camp. All right, if you're going to have a heart that will seek after God and you'll follow God and you'll go that direction and you'll try to be like Him. And if so, He can lead and guide you into all truth and He'll go ahead and show you those things. But if you want to be deceived, if you want to go ahead and believe what you want to believe, and you've got to be convinced entirely in the mind, how do you, believe, how do you prove that God exists beyond faith? We can do all the cool tricks. I can do all the tricks, right? We can talk about all the, right in the heavens, declare the glory of God on the firmament, show his handiwork down today, other speech. We can run to all the verses. We can go to Genesis chapter 1. But if you don't believe what it said, what am I going to do for you? It's the question of belief. If you want to be deceived, you know what you'll do? You'll go to YouTube and you'll find a video until you get somebody who agrees with what you wanted to say. That's what you'll get. And you know what they'll do? They'll do things like go ahead and uh, be Stephen Anderson and they'll be King James and they'll be a Baptist and they'll, be, and they'll start and they'll have all the things and they'll check all the boxes that, they th- that you think they should check at first until they start teaching. You say, what did they do? They were a false prophet who wants to deceive and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. They want to make it all sound good. Well, it sounds good. I mean, they're supposed to have all these things. They're supposed to, but they don't. And by their fruits, you shall know them. They go ahead and they want to tout all these things. You say, you seem pretty fired up. I am fired up. I do not like that people allow themselves to be deceived because they go outside of the realm of what they should be listening to. Now, Brother Virginio, in his letter, talking about the importance of church and being in church, I know you're here on Wednesday and I don't mean to beat up the folks that are here. That's not what I'm trying to do. All right? But the reason, I'm all for listening to preaching. I I love preaching. I love certain preachers. I'm particular about the preachers I listen to outside of the preachers that preach from this pulpit. Say, why? Because the Lord put me in this church to hear the preaching from the pastors of this church. And I'm not saying that because I'm one of the pastors. It's the same way as when I was sitting in the pew and I was just one of the regular folks in the church. They're here to give you what you're supposed to get from the Word of God. That's why you're part of this church. That's why God put those pastors in position there. That's why those things are there. And if you get anything from another source, you better be very careful of what that source is. Because any idiot with a camera or a cell phone can put a video up on YouTube and say whatever it is they want to say and act like they're saying the truth. You want to know why it's so important to have a church? Because the one teaching you can give it to you and you can also understand who you got it from. You see Pastor and I on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. and fr- You know what you see on the video camera of a YouTube guy? That, just that. Whatever they want you to see. And any actor can play a role. You have no idea what they're producing. You ought to be very careful. Why? Because the devil would want no, no less than to just pull you out and put you into false doctrine and make you useless. And that's exactly what's happening. People get so easily deceived, and they don't stay on guard for it. That's why he tells them in Acts chapter 17 that they were more noble. The Bereans, they were more noble. Why? Because they searched the Scriptures daily, whether those things were so. 
They received it. They took it. They said, okay, that's what he's telling me. Okay, what does the Bible say? And I'm all for that. <laughs> I'm all for that. But people get deceived very easily because they don't, they, they go, well, I've got this idea. And then they go to their pastor, they go to, they go to somebody that they respected in the church and that disagrees with what they wanted to say and they disagrees with what they wanted it to say and so they go, well, I don't want to listen to that. And they walk away and then they end up doing what they're going to do. You better be very careful. Of what? Beware of false doctrine. Beware of false prophets. They're deceivers. Their designed goal is to deceive you and to get you to believe what they want you to believe. I might not get farther than this point right here. Lord help us. You realize, you realize that's the devil's job right there. He's a deceiver. That's what he does. You get to Genesis chapter 3, there wasn't a question that, that Satan knew what God had said. I have no question Satan knew exactly what God said. Because he asked the question, Yea, hath God said. He knew what God said, but he wanted to deceive Eve into believing what he wanted her to see. See, the deceit wasn't that Satan didn't know what it said or what to believe. He wanted Eve to believe what he wanted her to see so that he could get her deceived. And then if he got her, well, maybe I could get to Adam and bring down more than just one. Deceitful workers is what they're called. They look great. They seem great. Everything's great. Uh, there's a reason that uh, some people don't, don't even know why we do this. We do this here. Some of you might not even know we do this. Uh, but someone goes to join the church. A lot of times, you know what we don't do? They've been coming for two weeks and they're like, hey, I'd like to join. <laughs> hey, how about you just you know, listen for a little bit longer, maybe get a chance for us to get to know you. You get a chance to actually get to know us and hear us preach more than twice and be able to see if you actually like what you're getting involved because you're about to get involved in something. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Enjoy the services. Be here. Say, so why do you do that? Because we don't want somebody just coming in and being one of these. Why is it that, you know, somebody can join the church and sometimes we don't go, yeah, uh, feel free to work in the nursery or you join the church today and tomorrow you can work in the nursery. No, you can't work in the nursery tomorrow. You say, why? Because I want to know who's going in and with the kids in there. I want to know who's over there teaching Sunday school. I want to know who's involved in ministries and stepping up in front. Why? Because for one, you start giving somebody a position like that, they can do all sorts of damage if they're just a wolf in sheep's clothing. And it's part of the defense of the church. And it's not to go, well, we don't want anybody's help and we don't want... No, it's that you don't know who you're getting yet. I like people who will take their time. You don't have to be in a hurry. You don't need a position. You don't need... You know what you need? You need to figure out if you actually agree with us. Agree with how things work here. See how it does. And if you disagree, you get to ask the questions. Hey, why do you guys do this? Why is it like that? And that's fine. Well, I'll answer those. What's that trying to do? Just trying to make sure people don't get in that are 
just going to be wolves and ravage and cause all sorts of problems? Say, have we always had, have we never had problems? You know better. <laughs> you know better. Say, what do you do? Just try to limit the damage. Try to keep those things from happening. You can, you can be aware of certain things. You can be aware of that in your own life. Letting people influence you, they're going to deceive you. Seeing that things that they say and things that they do don't quite match up. Go over to Luke chapter 12. I'll slide a second one in and then I'll just stop for the night. And maybe we'll do the other two next week if pastor's not back up and about. And if he is, who knows. Luke chapter 12, verse number 1. In the meantime, Luke 12, 1, in the meantime, when there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch that they trod one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, first of all, beware you the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which ye have spoken in the ear in closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. Uh, beware of duplicity in others as well as yourself. Uh, he warns about it. Hypocrisy is the problem with the Pharisees at this particular moment. That's a pretense of having a virtuous character, moral or a religious belief, or a principle that one does not really possess. You want to say that you have these things, but you aren't any of those things. Say, so what's the problem? Hypocrisy is the problem. Duplicity. You're a one thing around somebody, and then you're something else around someone else. Now, this is not the idea of the two natures, right? That's not what he's talking He's not talking about the struggle between your flesh versus the spirit. Right, the spirit lusts against the spirit, or the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh, and the two are contrary, the one to the other. So you cannot do the things that you would. And all it's not, that's not what he means. He means that you're purposeful. <laughs> There's some purposefulness in hypocrisy. It's not that you had a you had a moment of weakness where you just you weren't leaning on the Lord and you got in your flesh and you did it your way and you made a mistake and you apologize, you repent, and you get it right. That's different than hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is, I'm going to hold to this truth when I'm talking to this person, but I live this way. And they're in polar opposite of each other. It's the guy who stands up and tells you, well, do as I say, not as I do. That's hypocrisy. You can try and call that whatever you want to. It's hypocrisy is what it is. It's being duplicitous. It's on one side, I want these things, so I have to say these things so I can get these people to do what I want them to do. And then on the opposite side, I want to do what I want to do. You know, the problem with that is that that's exactly what deceivers do. That's what the false prophet does. He says one thing, does another thing, until he can get you to where he can get you to do what he wants you to do. Well, I'm these things. Until you're not. Because you got what you wanted. You say, 
What does that have to do with me? How many things do you tell others they should do that you don't do? How many things do we, do we implore other people to do that you and I never live up to? Like who are you preaching at? Me. I don't like me very much most of the time. I mean, talk about, right? I'm supposed to stand up here and preach the whole counsel of God and tell everybody how to do what they're supposed to do, and then I go home, right? I know, I know what I am. You say, what are you trying to do? I don't want to be that. It's hard, that's hard to do. It's hard to do. You know what's right, and then you don't do what's right. Isn't that, a day in, isn't that a day in the life of us right here? You know what to do, and you just didn't do it. And you go, I don't know why I just, because my flesh didn't want to do it, and I just didn't want to do it, and today I'm going to be stubborn, I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> the Lord says, yeah, but we're the leaven of the Pharisees. Watch out, you're letting, you're letting some tainting come in. You're letting the dirt get in. You're letting the things that aren't supposed to be there in. Because in doing so, you know what you'll be. You'll be the person who allows more than just that little thing in. And it'll be openly known. And later in this chapter is my third one. In verses 13 to 15, and he tells them to beware of covetousness. Because pretty soon hypocrisy just turns into covetousness. Wanting the things that you can't have. Isn't that, isn't that the problem for Balaam? He, he knew, and he knew, and he, he just kept pushing the line to try and get what he wanted. If I, can just, if I can just figure out how to curse Israel, Balak will give me that house full of gold, and all my problems will be solved. What was his problem? His problem was he kept towing the line and being a hypocrite. And then he found, I could get a house full of gold out of this if I could just figure out, and then he became a covetous man. He couldn't learn to be content with such things as you have. He didn't figure out that godliness with contentment is great gain. He instead said, hey, uh, I can go ahead and be a hypocrite and I can go get my house full of gold and instead I'll let my desires run me instead of letting the Lord run me. Because ultimately, I'll get all four in. I'll sneak it in. Go over to Deuteronomy chapter 6 and I'll be done. I'll give you the last one. I won't preach much on it. I'll just give you the last one. Deuteronomy chapter 6. I preached two points in like three minutes right there. Did you see how I slid both of those together just like they were supposed to be? Um, beware of deceivers. Beware of duplicity. Beware of your desires. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. It'll pull you around. And last thing, beware of disregarding. Look what he says here in verse number 10. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou digst not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not. When thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware lest thou forget the Lord. 
which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shalt swear by his name. Ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are around about thee or around about you, for the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you, lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. He says, hey, uh, don't forget the Lord. Beware that you forget not. What, the one who brought you out of the house of bondage? Uh, constantly in the Old Testament, Moses is trying to remind the children of Israel that they were brought out of the bondage of Egypt. You get to the New Testament, what does Paul do over and over again? He reminds the church that they were bought out of the bondage of Egypt. The bondage of their sin. You say, who brought them out? The Lord brought them out, just like he brought you out. Don't forget how great the blessings are that he gave, but don't forget how great the blesser is, the one that gave them. And what will that do? That will make it so your desires will match up with his desires. You won't have to be covetous because you'll have everything because you know he's taking care of it. You won't have to worry about hypocrisy. You won't be duplicitous because you'll do everything that he wanted you to do because you're so grateful for what he's done. You won't be deceived because you'll run after the one that has done everything for you. And what is our biggest problem? That we disregard how great of a God we have. We forget him and we forget all of his benefits. And they are plenteous. Father, I thank you for the night. I thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. And Father, for being so abundantly good to us. I pray you'd help us to watch out for the pitfalls that we so often are trapped in. Lord, we pray you'd get the praise, the honor, and the glory this night. Heal our pastor once again. Strengthen and help him to recover well and to recover quickly. In Jesus, our Savior's name. Amen. All right. I did it. 37 after. <laughs>